We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Sean, let's get in to the mailbag for this week. Got a lot of great questions. If you guys want to keep throwing them in there, we have been starring all day. We're going to get to some of these super chats here. So we're going to start with Coleman Smith, who got us a super chat very early in the show. Coleman, thank you so much for the super chat. Said any news on quarterback recruiting? Every week we get this. And no offense to you, Coleman. It's just we get this every single week, and I get it. Flip Arnold or Vizina. I don't think that you're going to be able to flip Jackson Arnold or Chris Vizina that is committed no. to – University of Clemson. The two guys to know, 2023, is Avery Johnson, who Dylan Edwards is going to be playing again this against this week in the state of Kansas, who's committed to Kansas State, and Kenny Minchie, the quarterback out of the state of Tennessee that is committed to the University of Pittsburgh. Those are the two guys that they've kind of put their sights on as trying to flip in this yeah. class. Those are the guys. The other option, obviously, in, in – well, I don't want to say the other option because it's firmly on the table from their end is that CJ Carr reclassifies. That's yeah. that's where we are at this point. So. Uh, speaking of perfect storms, uh, who did Pitt lose to this week? <laughs> just, just thought I'm per- it was a perfect, beautiful recruiting weekend for Notre Dame. That's all I just wanted to point out. Good mm-hmm. things are happening. Good things are happening. Yeah, not not great, man, because that Georgia Tech team is not great. Not, not a great team. <laughs> Without, with, just lost their head coach, too. So it's not, not so great, man. Not so great. All right, so let's go to uh, another super chat here. Got a mm. bunch of super chats. Appreciate you all. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, Wicked, Wicked Bronco Production, who we have another super chat for him afterwards, or for them, sorry. So, Wicked, thank you so much for the super chat. Says, any any guys you think commit in October? Also, I still think we can go 10-2. and two, And after the W against BYU, we better be ranked. We're better than LSU right now. I agree firmly to the last statement there. I think Notre Dame is be- a better football team than LSU. I agree wholeheartedly in that. I think that Notre Dame has a good chance of getting ranked if they if they pull ahead of BYU this this weekend. And 10 and 2, Sean. I mean, it's possible, man. Like again, Notre Dame has to play good football down the stretch. They can't play sporadically and win 10, you know, win the next eight games, but I think it's possible, right? Like, I mean, 10 and 2 is achievable in your opinion, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Everything goes to will flow to October. Honestly, it's not about the teams, it's about the matchups. And the matchups in October are really, really good matchups for this Notre Dame team. Yep. And the identity that they're starting to build. So build momentum heading to November 5th. And if they beat Clemson, this team will have all the confidence in the world walking out into the Coliseum late November. Like they won't be afraid of USC at all yep. if they beat Clemson. So I absolutely think they can go 10 and 2 and run yep. the table. And, and, and the first first parts of the question, no, uh, recruiting centric, are there mm-hmm. any guys that you think commit in October? So right now, Wicked, the only two guys that I would say are potential commitments in October that I know of are one is Jeremiah Love. We've talked about, right? Jeremiah Love, we think Notre Dame's in a really good spot. I definitely think that something will be figured out in, in, the, in the month of October. So whether he commits to Notre Dame or not, I think it will happen in October. Tayshawn Lyons, the wide receiver out of Hayward, California, is the other one, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's the guy that I think it could end. He originally said that last week of October was his target originally, and but he said that mm-hmm. he could happen anytime type of thing. Yeah. So 
Those those two players are the players that I think make the most sense in October for Notre Dame targets. Tayshawn Lyons, again, Notre Dame is also in a good spot for him, so we'll see if they're able to close that one out or not. uh, I want a live shot on you and your reaction if they get both of those guys by the end of October. (laughs) I'll I'll be a happy camper, man. I I, I would agree with that. (laughs) I would agree with that. All right, so we're going to go to Wicked Baco's Productions again. He just had a comment here, Sean. He said, I find it funny that Oklahoma and Texas A&M fans gave us crap. I don't know if I can say crap on the air, but I just did. Give us some you know, stuff for losing to Marshall. Said they were going to flip Bowen, then lost to App State and K-State and got ran through like a red light by TCU and Mississippi State. Money for recruits equals L's. Yeah, you know, my grandfather used to tell me all the time, you know, just make sure that when you laugh at others that you understand that you have to keep living. Yep. And eventually <laughs> she's going to be on the other foot. So, yes, yeah, be careful how you uh, talk about other teams. Yeah, I mean, like – I feel like every time I say something about a team, they come back and it haunts me a couple weeks later. That's why I keep some of my opinions off of Twitter. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fun times. I actually, this is the thing. I actually understand Brent Venables Mm -hmm. and like what he's dealing with. Jimbo Fisher is a flat out fraud. (laughs) Jimbo Fisher is a fraud, man. (laughs) I wish Brian was on here because I know he's 100% on that one too, man. He's a flat out fraud. Like Brent Venables, I think eventually he's going to be a good coach and Oklahoma will be fine, especially I think going to SEC country is actually going to help him recruiting because that, look, that's he recruits dogs. He did it at Clemson. So he's going to be able to get big-time recruits to play on that defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Jackson Arnold, he has a quarterback to be the face of his program. So I think Oklahoma next two or three years is probably going to be okay. Someone just compared. I want to pull this one up real quick. Jimbo Fisher is just Gene Chizik. <laughs> yep. Yep. Jameis and Cam. Well, the offensive offensive coach version of Gene Chizik. Yeah. Maybe we'll throw yes. that out there. They both had generational quarterbacks in college. They got them championships. Yeah. And then after that. Look, man, it's really funny, Sean, because obviously Bobby Bowden built a great program at Florida State. Absolutely great. Fantastic. Had state power. Mm-hmm. And then you you hand the reins over to Jimbo. Cool. Jimbo's the young gun. I didn't yeah. mind the hire. Didn't mind it. I actually thought Jimbo was pretty good the first few years. And then uh, but he like you said, Jameis Linston just lands into his lap, right? And Jameis is incredible for his two years. On campus. I mean, the first year, he threw like 40 touchdowns to 10 interceptions as a Richard freshman, right? Like, yeah. he was insane. Yeah. He won a national championship. He was on even the year after, but, like, they were still a good team because they had Jameis Winston, and they had a, a good team. I mean, it was a good team. They had Kelvin Benjamin and Rashawn Green, and it was it was a good football team. There's no doubt. But then after that, man, it's like steady <laughs> decline. and could never find his quarterback. Like, you'd no. never find it. I mean, it was no. just interesting. Interesting to watch, but, yeah. I don't know what his problem is. I know he's fraudulent, though. Yeah, it definitely doesn't look good right now, man. Definitely does not look good at all. Uh, let's go to this one from Michael. My question for the uh, for the mailbag is if C.J. Carr would reclassify, who were some of the 2024 targets, uh, quarterback targets for the Irish? Thanks, Ryan and Sean. 
This is an interesting question, Michael. Um, so of the players, and I'm pulling up the list now. So of the 2024 quarterbacks mm-hmm. that Notre Dame has had some interest in, but are still on the board. It, the, the problem is with 2024, because CJ Carr creates a, a little bit of a dilemma for you, right? Obviously, you get the quarterback you want. Fantastic, right, Sean? Like you get the yeah. guy. That's your dude. But yep. if you do, if he does reclassify, you're you're starting from scratch pretty much with 2024 quarterbacks because you haven't been recruiting another guy because CJ's your guy, you know, like you're not going to carry two quarterbacks in 2024. So the quarterbacks on the board that have offers from Notre Dame in 2024 are Jaden Davis, who very unlikely to go to Notre Dame. Like he was he wasn't even that he wasn't even that interested in Notre Dame when Notre Dame did not have a commit in the class. Right. And again, I don't know how much they recruited him. I think it was a little sporadic, but anyway. Adrian Posse's committed to Auburn. Damian Dylan, I'm sorry, I almost called him Damian Riola, who's a good offensive lineman in the NFL, but this is Dylan Riola, top <laughs> quarterback in the class, going to Ohio State off the board. Julian Sayan is in the 2024 class out of out of Carlsbad, California. He's an interesting one, Sean, because I really doubt that Notre Dame could get him after not commit, recruiting him for so long, because he's another kid that's rated by some services as a five-star quarterback. So, I mean, yeah. he's a good player. Before Notre Dame got C.J. Carr, they were in a three-horse race for Julian Sayan. It was them, it was Georgia, and it was Texas. So now it's Georgia and Texas are pretty much the front runners for Julian Sayan. Yeah. I just – I don't know if they can get back in with him, Michael, if I'm being honest, right? So I think the answer to your question is – we don't know because the board would expand if CJ does go to 2023. We would get a couple more 2024 kids on the radar here. I don't think any of the quarterbacks that are offered right now for 2024 would be in play, honestly. Yeah. It's just my my opinion, my feeling. I just don't think that they would get be able to get back in with a guy like a Julian Sain, for instance. Love Carlsbad. You ever been to Carlsbad? I've never been to California, so no. No, really? Mm-mm. Like Carlsbad, good food, good shopping, a little coast right there next to Oceanside. It's like maybe about 60 miles, 60, 65 miles north of San Diego in between L.A. and, and uh, no, actually in between Anaheim and uh, San Diego. Okay. It's about an hour out from San Diego. Nice little small town. What's that? What's the food scene? You said it was good. What, what, what we got out there? Seafood, because it's right yeah, off seafood. the Oceanside, Carlsbad. They're right off the coast. Gotcha. Great seafood, great burger spot. Uh, I, think, I think the original one is called Ruby's Diner. Okay. I think the original one is in Carlsbad, and then they have some others located in other spots in California. But, yeah, it's a nice little town. Nice little town. Good shopping. Nice outlet mall. It would be. It's a great place, man. You go there for about two or three days, get your little condo on the ocean. It, it would be, especially if you just don't want to go out there and your first experience is like L.A. But yeah, I, 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 I've never wanted to really go to L.A. Like I have yeah. a buddy that I do podcasting with that actually lives in L.A. And I just, you know, where I will, me and my wife have always talked about going to San Diego. Like I would like to go to San Diego. I heard it's yeah. beautiful there. So I, I would go to San Diego, but otherwise, eh. Not sure. Not sure. I can see that. And speaking of that, because it's so close to San Diego, it's one of those areas where a lot of military people like retire. You know, and so my, 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 wife's, get away. 
My wife's a big zoo fan too, so seeing the San Diego Zoo would be a good scene, you know, be a good scene. We have, we have Tommy asked Sean for you. Uh, you ever get Alfredo's in Oceanside? I have not. I have not. When I go there, I'm going to have to try it out because I love, like, you know, I love LA, mm-hmm. but like my wife and I, we, man, it was almost like we, <laughs> we were explorers because we kind of stumbled onto Oceanside. And like, yo, like, man, let's get a condo somewhere on the beach and, you know, far away from, you know, the town, small town. Like, oh, let's do Oceanside. And we fell in love. Right. And then Carlsbad is like the next town over. And we're like, oh, man, this is amazing. That's you, awesome. know, and then, you know, we would go down and get, you know, some good food from uh, San Diego and just make it a day. But, yeah, I love that area. That's why I would say, look, go get to. uh yeah, you, your wife, like you and the, and the baby. If you ever go to the West Coast and you want to do California, just definitely. Like if you go out there, seafood and Mexican, you know, cuisine is always. Hey man, I can get down with a good taco or burrito. I just yeah, put up Tommy's well, that said Cali well, burrito, Sean, and I. I get well, down you, with a good taco, man. I can get yeah, down with it. I can tell you now. From Carlsbad. All the way down to San Diego, you can pretty much find great seafood and Mexican cuisine. You're good. See, see, I'm I'm a I'm a uh, I'm kind of a traditionalist with tacos. I don't know how you are with yeah, this yeah. I, I like, well. we I have like the lime. places up here. Yeah, yeah, I like the lime. I like the chop the the uh, the chopped we onion. The I like the cilantro. Yeah. That's, that's cilantro. it, man. That's all yeah. I need. That's all yeah. I need. Yeah, all we I actually need. have an authentic place up here called Donya Nadi on the north side. And they do a ribeye taco. Mm-hmm. Brian, I mean, not Brian, but Ryan. <laughs> and my brother speaks really good Spanish. Okay. So every time we go, he tells them exactly how to season it. <laughs> nice. He tells them exactly how to season it, and it always comes out perfect. Always comes out perfect. Oh man, now I'm hungry. I want some like carne asada tacos <laughs> right now? <laughs> I want something. Man. And since you're on the East Coast, you have to settle, right? Oh, oh no. See, see, ED three just said, "Don't forget the grilled." Oh, absolutely not, oh, absolutely. sir. I want, I want the raw absolutely. chopped onion. Raw chopped. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. See, I don't, I don't like onions when they're cooked much. Like it gets kind of slimy for me. Like that's not yeah. my texture. It's not my texture. Yeah. Like I'm a cheesesteak guy here, obviously, right outside of Philly. But like right. I don't like the, I don't like the sautéed onions on my cheesesteak. Like I just chicken, uh, just give me the steak and cheese, and I'm steak good to cheese go. And you're good. Yeah. Uh, well, Sean, there's the last a big guy that came. I think the last kid from Carlsbad that we were in on was uh, Asa Turner. Oh, I forgot about Asa. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he was the last kid we were in on from uh, Carlsbad. I, I think he. Uh, He's actually playing decent, I think, for Washington, for Washington. Finally, I think yeah. it was I don't think he was playing great early on in his career, but yeah. interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Oh man, I'm so hungry. I'm just I'm starving <laughs> here, man. I'm starving. Because now I'm thinking about cheesesteaks, and there's this cheesesteak place that just opened up, Sean, like right here in Jersey. Yeah. Best cheesesteak I've ever had. Better than any place in Philly. Where oh man, so good. It's like you know, like when you get a cheesesteak sometimes and you're like, okay, they just loaded you up with stuff, but like it's just like soggy and the, yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. falls apart. Yeah. This thing, man, so much steak, good cheese, yeah. and they actually take the bun and they they have like this garlic butter, like little literally pieces of garlic 
they spread it on the roll and then they toast yeah. it on the grill, man. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, okay. sir. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Thank you. I, I will take two. Thank you very much for this. <laughs> All right. Back to recruiting. We are got Marshall said, Ryan, Sean, this late in the cycle, how many of these kids are instant help or more long-term projects? All right. Uh, let's do this, Sean. Let's do this. So let's work through the commitment list real quick. We're, we'll buzz through this pretty fast. Okay. So no quarterback right now. Running back, Jane Lamar. I think he's more of a long-term player. I don't know if you'll agree, but yeah. he's because I think he's a good football player. I just like again, I don't know if he's gonna break into the lineup early on in his career. Wide receivers, Jane Greathouse is instant for me. Like he's instant coffee. He's ready to go, get it percolating. You're good to go there. Rico Flores, I think, could come in and play pretty early. Braylon James mm-hmm. potentially. Maybe a little less just because his long-term might be better than the short-term. And Dylan Edwards, I think, can come in and contribute on special teams pretty early on and do some gadget yeah. stuff. Yeah. Agree? Disagree on those? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. I would think um, it's going to be interesting. I would be interested if Tayshawn Lyons actually commits and is an EE. Mm-hmm. I can see him making some head waves. You know, getting better, and by the time we get to fall camp, you know, possibly getting some tick early on. But yeah, you you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Oh, we all know. Hey, look, if they land the big fish in October, or the big fish that is left on the board that we've been talking about, they get him. He's definitely like plug and play. Like that's man. If you yeah, on the if they get Jeremiah Love, Sean, it's going to be interesting to see what the running back room next year looks like because you still have, in theory, Chris Tyree coming back, Aldrick Estime, Logan Diggs. You'll have Jadarian Price coming back from injury, and Jabron Payne, and that's going to be a like, deep I'm, running back I'm room. going to say something right now. Okay. That there are current players that anticipated probably leaving after this season. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about starters mm-hmm. that will probably come back. It's interesting. Specifically in the secondary, I think it's very plausible of two guys I can think of in particular. It's going to be interesting to see because, I mean, to your point, some people's seasons haven't gone, I you know, individually the way they would want to, right? So whether it's injury, whether it's injury or you know, just even play, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Team could be even deeper than we thought. Uh, let's see what happens, man. It's going to be interesting to uh, to navigate a little bit yeah. and to kind of watch from, from the sideline here, but yeah. it's going to be fun. Offensive line-wise, Sean, I think the two guys for me that have a shot is Charles Jagasaw and Sullivan Absher potentially competing for a guard spot. I think only one of them will probably play, and, I mean, it could be possible that neither of them play, but I yeah. think that there will be an opportunity for one of those guards, I think. Yeah. And again, they're yeah. both they're both long term viewed as, as tackles by Notre Dame, but yeah. I'm just saying like the the need at guard next year with both starters leaving after this season, that's yeah. where the potential kind of parlays itself, in my opinion. And so. then the kids you talked about that if they decide to go with a fifth, that they're still in on or could holler at, mm-hmm. uh, still on the offensive line. You know, it's a couple of guys that are from a physical standpoint, like yo, they can play. Yes. They can play, so yeah. All right, if we buzz through defense, I think one defensive end is definitely going to play. Whether that is 
Brendan Vernon or Bubakar Traore. I don't know, right? And there might be another Viper in this class at some point. We'll take it. We'll obviously keep an eye out for Devin Houston's interesting. I don't know if I would say he has like a, a, a pathway to playing a ton, but you never know. Like it's possible, I guess. But I, yeah. I would say one of the defensive ends I think will play a little bit next year. I think they'll play yeah. a little bit. Linebackers, special teams, right? Like I, I don't think that. Probably not starters in year one, but I think that we can look at a Jay Nosberry, a Drake Bowen, and you can contend that, like, hey, they'll probably get some special teams reps year one, if nothing else. Oh, I'm really thinking, man. Because based yeah. upon what we just said about retaining certain guys, mm-hmm. if you add a Don and Peyton on the back end and certain oh, guys yeah. decide to stay. Imagine this, Sean. Imagine this. I was talking to Brian about this earlier. Let's say, in theory, Brandon Joseph has, still has years of eligibility if he chooses it, right? Yes. Can you imagine a safety duo of potentially Peyton Bowen and Brandon Joseph back there at safety, man, if they if Brandon chooses to come back with Peyton? Because that's, that's the easy one, right? Peyton Bowen's going to play year one. Whether it's a starter or as a rotational player, he's going to play. He's going to play. Then if you know what happens – they probably do. They. This is a whole nother show. <laughs> we went down that. We went down that rabbit hole because this is an entirely different show. But like, yo, now you start to see Ramon Henderson get switched to like Viper or you know something like that, where he's close to the line of scrimmage and he can blitz and do all the things that he's really good at. And oh man, don't get me excited. I love it. Can you imagine some three safety alignments, man? It's possible. Yes. It could happen. Yes. And it would be yes. really intriguing. But yes. safety, so I think we're agreeing that Peyton Bowen's going to play a ton if he comes to Notre Dame. Yeah. Don Schuler is going to be an interesting because I guarantee he is a stalwart on special teams as a freshman. Yeah. Guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. I would not be surprised if he mixes in at safety in year one. Yeah. He's that type of dude, in my opinion. Yeah. Like He's really underrated player, but he's just so smart and so physical. I would not bet against the Don Schuler. Cornerback's going to be interesting, Sean, because, I mean, you're going to have Benjamin Morrison coming back, obviously. You're going to have Jaden Mickey. You're going to have the 2021 class that's the Ryan Barneses of the world, the Philip Rileys, the yeah. Chance Talkers. And, I mean, who who knows? Maybe Cam Hart's back. Who I, I have no idea. And Clarence Lewis is another guy that's going to be back, too. So it might be crowded for one of those corners to play, but it's possible. Micah Bell could also return punts or kicks, so you never know. It because Chance Tucker had a really good spring, man. Mm-hmm. He really did. He really did. Just like the two youngsters, they're just, just a little better right now. You know? But yep. like you said, yep. It's a great question, though. We are not much. I've, I've, I've really enjoyed this question, though, Sean. I thought this was a great question, man. Yeah. I really liked yeah. it. Let's go to this one from Salty Virginia Peanuts. Mailbag question. With DJ Uyunglele looking like he'll start in 2023 and maybe 2024, and the great one, of course, Jared Greyhouse, as he's referring to, starting for Notre Dame in 2023, is Klubnik's potential transfer in 2023 instant chemistry? Salty, I'm just... I, I I think that when Cade Klubnik signed on with Notre Dame, I mean, signed on with Clemson, excuse me, 
Sure, he understood that DJ was coming off of a bad year, but you also know that DJ has multiple years of eligibility left, right? Like, I don't think that he's in a rush. Like, does he want to play? Sure. Does he want to play right now? Sure. Does he want to play next year? Sure. But if DJ Uyunglele comes back for another year, I don't think that it's going to cause a redshirt freshman or a sophomore, depending on how much time he plays this year, to choose to leave at that point, right? Like, I, I still think that... I still don't, I don't think that that makes it a foregone conclusion that Cape Kludnik's out the door. Cause I think he still thinks these probably the he's, he's going to, he's, he's, he still has a pathway to playing a lot of football at Clemson. So I would not, I would not put that one into the universe, sir. Would not put that one, but it's a good question. I uh, just wanted to answer this one real quick from Brandon Plesner because Brandon, I forgot to answer this question on the message board. So my deepest apology, Ryan, is there going to be a recruiting mailbag part two from last week getting released soon? Brandon, that actually got released like I think the same day that you asked the question. I just completely forgot to answer back on the message board. So that's my apologies. Just go on uh, to the site. And if you hit my name, you'll kind of be able to scroll down some of the articles and it is out there. I promise. Okay. So my apologies again for not answering though. That's totally my fault. All right, let's go now to – that one's for Sean, so we'll wait until he comes back on that one. 99 problems with BK81. I think this was referring to Peyton Bowen in that uh, in that Denton Geyer-Westlake matchup. It says, can, can he cover the great one? Talking about Peyton Bowen. Nine, well, 99, I would say this, right? Pay, uh, I think that Jane Greathouse would be a tough cover for anyone. I do think that Peyton Bowen has the talent to do it though. If I'm being honest, man, like he's look, he's six foot six, one pretty good length, but he's just silly athletic, man. Like he's got fourth high four, three speed Peyton Bowen, but probably the most impressive thing about him, in my opinion, is the kid is very twitchy in short spaces, man. Like he can change direction. He can mirror a match and man coverage. So I think that would be a great matchup. Last year you saw Jane Greathouse take advantage of Ryan Yates in the back end, right? That wasn't a Peyton Bowen versus Jane Greathouse situation, excuse me. So I would actually love to see it. I think it would be a tremendous matchup. I, I really would like to see that. And I think that you had a couple follow-ups. 99 Problems said the 2022 and 2023 classes stacking on each other are gap erasers, in my opinion. Agree 100%. Look, everybody knows that Brian Driscoll was probably the biggest – Benjamin Morrison fan that has ever been right. But the fact of the matter is, is that Benjamin Morrison is starting and it's great too, Sean, because he didn't just take Clarence Lewis's job because Clarence Lewis wasn't good, right? Clarence Lewis was playing pr- some pretty good football throughout the first few weeks. The fact of the matter is that Benjamin Morrison was just too good not to play, right? So he won the starting job. Good for him. Jaden Mickey's played a lot of football. And then you have Micah Bell and Christian Gray coming in the next class. Yes, my answer is absolutely gap racing. The quarterback room is incredibly talented moving forward for Notre Dame. You talk about the quarterback when you evaluate quarterbacks moving forward, asking the question, can these guys beat Georgia or Alabama? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with the cornerback. When you go up against these teams, you have to be able to play man-to-man. You have Mm -hmm. to. You have to be able to play man-to-man, pressure the quarterback, make things happen and you have to be able to go four deep, you know, in that defensive back room more than likely. That's what's being built. Mm-hmm. You feel comfortable with that, right? Yeah. Especially like we said, with the way things have trended because of injury and everything, you know, more than likely you might have guys wanting to come back for another year that you didn't expect 
at the beginning of the season. So absolutely. It is yep. um it's a really good trend that's starting at Notre Dame in the cornerback room. I like this one, Sean. There was a there was another comment in here again from 99 Problems who said I think it was continuation of this conversation. If they got Caleb Beasley and Emilio Edgard or some combo like that in 2024, wow, they might start getting in the conversation of DBU. Look, I'm not trying to get into the DBU thing because that's like you need to start really developing yeah. at a high yeah. level. Yeah, but like yeah. if you get there, yeesh, man, that is the most talent Notre Dame's had in the cornerback room in a long time, in my opinion. A long yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Because now you have started to have the expectation of look these guys in front of you they're going and see this is funny because i think take a kid like kool-aid mckinstry right yes came in five stars highly touted struggled but he played he played and he was better and he's better you look at his play this year he's a totally different player not only at the defensive back now he's a weapon in a return game kick return and punt return. So if you think you're seeing good play from Benjamin Morrison this year, wait until he takes that next step next year and wait until Jaden Mickey takes that next step the following year. I'm telling you, like, yo, if you add Caleb Beasley and Agard into that. True. Yeah, but you have to, you have to start having draft success. Yes, 100%. In order to change that DBU thing. Yep, that, that's where that's where the DBU thing starts kind of filling in, right? Is the guy's transition from college to the NFL. Like that's yeah, where it really comes. Yeah. So Joseph Barrett had a question for you, Sean. Do you think Wisconsin is copying Notre Dame with the dismissal of Paul Chris and anointing Jim Leonard as head coach? So I guess the defensive coordinator to head coach transition? Could could Jim Leonard be the guy, I guess, is the question. Um I'm I'm actually confused. I have to talk to a couple of um my Wisconsin, um, my guy Ben Bruss, who played basketball for Wisconsin, absolutely lost his mind on the post game <laughs> show this Saturday. I'm gonna have to do a wellness check on him. Uh, I mean, he literally lost his mind on air. It was just like, yo. But I, I just don't know what I don't know. Ryan, you tell me, man. I think sometimes programs have an expectation and it's fair to say that Paul Chris didn't reach expectation. Wisconsin shouldn't have national championship expectations. And I don't know, that might sound harsh, but they shouldn't Mm -hmm. like the expectation for Wisconsin should be to dominate the Western division of the big 10 and Rose bowls. Like that's, that's it. And if you're doing that consistently, You're doing your job as a head coach. But, I mean, winning 70-plus percent of your games and going 6-1 and in bowl games, if that gets you fired, I promise you, Paul Chris won't have a problem finding a job. I can tell you that. Yes. He won't have a problem finding a job. No. At all. He's a respected coach. He's a respected coach. Yeah, and it was probably – I'm sure it was tough for Barry, Alvarez, and like I said, the brain trust there. I'm sure it was tough. Sure. You know, because Chris has been there for a long time. And he was successful for the most part. Yeah. It, it was trend, it was trending down the last couple of years, but like he's still he's still very successful. At, from what I saw, the, the players definitely didn't like it. 
from the yeah. way they came out on social media and spoke on his behalf. You know, it's a tough decision. I think they could have waited. What's weird timing, right? Like, really yeah, weird timing. Like, I get it. It was a bad loss, but it's still. Hey, 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 hey. What? That's what? Not bad, that's not a bad the, loss. There are different spots, man. There are different spots a traditionally. So that's it's a, a bad very, loss. It's a great win for Illinois. A very, it's, a great, it's a very big win for Brett, Brett Bielema. I think the fact that it was Brett Bielema that came back up there. Yeah. Smack him around. I think that added a little juice to it that kind of went I like to the Brett Bielema, man. I like Brett Bielema. I do. Yeah. I like that guy. He's done, he's done a tremendous job. He really has. And well, I when he was hired in Illinois, man, I was like, that's a that's a good hire. That's a good hire. Yeah. I would like to say this as well. Mm-hmm. And people won't admit to it. When that program that program was in shambles, shambles, and was an embarrassment mm-hmm. when Lovey Smith took over. Whew. And the job that Lovey Smith did to clean it up. And make it respectable to where a Brett Bielema thought that it was a good job. Because Brett Bielema didn't think it was a good job <laughs> three years prior. I can promise you that. <laughs> but he brought it to a point of respectability that Brett Bielema looked at it and said, okay, I think I can do some things with this. So yeah, kudos to him for pretty much doing what they brought him there to do. They didn't bring Lovey Smith there to no, he. We need discipline. We need things set in order. He did it, and uh, no, Jim Leonard deserves a job. I don't think they're copying Notre Dame. I just think, I think they saw that Paul Chris pretty much. Oh man, he tied himself to one quarterback. You never do that as a head coach in college. That one quarterback's bad too. Is it so funny? Got him fired. The- the, the beginning of the Graham Mertz era was against Illinois, where everyone yes. thought he was good for yeah, one Saturday. Good during a COVID year, yes. Yeah, they thought he was the man. I remember my draft Twitter was like, oh, two years from now, Graham Mertz is going to be the guy. I'm like, eh, let's, let's watch a little more. <laughs> like, Can we play a couple games here? And now it ends with yeah. Graham Mertz playing absolutely terrible, which is yeah. kind of ironic, semi-ironic. Yeah. There, but yeah. yeah, not great, not great, but – uh. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's move on. We got a few more questions here. I want to pull this one up, Sean, because it's funny. I like funny things. I don't know if you like funny things, but I like funny things. Salty said, 
I'm not sure who you mean, but whoever it is, no one can cover the great one. Of course, he's talking about Jane Greathouse. Funny comment here. Two of him can't either. So he's saying two of Peyton Bowens can't cover a Jane Greathouse. <laughs> hey, he's gonna he will get his opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope they, I hope we see that one-on-one matchup if they play again. So he'll get his opportunity. All right. Uh, someone said that we missed the super chat. I did not see no. Oh wait, here we go. I'm sorry. Yes, I, I did miss your super chat. Here we go though, from Richie Giuliano's uncle Bill Hefner. Okay, how many games would o- Ohio State win with with Boston College's offensive line? <laughs> they still win a lot, right? Like they would still win a lot. They still have a lot of weapons. They'd be able to get their hand ball out of their hand quickly. Would they be a national championship contender right now with BC's offense line? Probably not. Yeah. Like, they'd still be a good team, though. They would still win 10 games, Yeah, you know? but They have that much offensive talent and a quarterback. Yeah. Did you see um, Phil Dracoic made just some ugly decisions last game, man? Ugly. He did. But he, did. he also made some incredible plays during that game against Louisville as well. So. I mean, he's out there trying to be Houdini, right? He yeah. knows what he's up against. Yep. And he's just like, look, if I'm going to make mistakes, I'm just going to make mistakes, but I'm trying to win. Yes. So it's funny thing is that Archer asked a question that kind of segues good in, well into this one. Ryan, Sean, who's the next pa- power five coach to be fired? You know, my, my answer after, after Saturday might be Scott Satterfield. <laughs> it might be, man. He's not great. You know, what's funny though, is if Boston That's... college lost, it may have been Boston college's head coach, uh, uh, Halfley, right? Is Jeff Halfley's yes, their coach. Yes. So, yeah, those are a couple of guys that are, I think, are on the hot seat. Before Missouri took Georgia down to the wire, it might have been Eli Drinkwitz. But, you know, we'll see. Like, hey, those are a that fourth quarter win, I mean, it's just a matter of time for Brian Harson. Oh, oh, good good call. Man, I completely dude. forgot about Harson. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Fourth quarter, you got a chance to score a game-winning touchdown, and you're calling halfback passes. <laughs> Second and eleven, and this Brian Harson's awful, man. It's really, really bad. Awful game. Just play Some, calling is just awful. Someone said on a on the on Twitter was like, uh, "What's Brian Harson doing?" And I'm like, "Being a bad coach." Just <laughs> returns to being a bad like, coach. What he's doing? He's not a good coach. It's saying? like, like he is. It's like he's the roommate to the program. They're just roommates right now. Yeah, there's no yeah. marriage between Brian Harson and that program. Is not, yeah, and he's just collecting his check and you know making up the bed and making sure he washes the dishes and keeps everything tidy and the recruiting class is whatever. Next question, Sean. We're gonna buzz through a few of these quickly because we got still got a bunch left. And we don't have much time. We got more questions than time right now, man. So Ian Johnston said, would potentially getting Jeremiah Love impact us potentially getting Mpemba in a positive way? Samuel Mpemba, of course, is the edge linebacker out of IMG Academy, originally from the St. Louis area. Sure, I mean, like I said before, man, could it help a little bit? Sure. But I also think there's other parts of Mpemba's recruitment that Jeremiah Love doesn't help, if I'm putting it that way, right? Like, I think it's still a long shot regardless. Yeah, I agree. Just my all right, so then let's go to Jay, Mickey, and Bell at Nickel. It's just a comment from him. Jaden Mickey and Michael Bell at Nickel and Morrison and uh, Benjamin Morrison and Christian Gray on the outside sounds dynamic at cornerback. Agree? Agree? I mean, <laughs> yes. 
Yes, it does, sir. And that again, Jay, like people aren't even people sort of commenting, like imagine also when they get a couple 2024 kids in that they're on right now, right? They get Caleb Beasley and a couple and another guy, like yeesh, man, that is talent. No doubt about it. So agreed, man. Agree. Let's get some of these spammers out of the chat, too. By the way, get out of here. All right, cool. Let's go. Salty said for recruiting the buy let the Notre Dame, uh, sorry, the North Carolina game echo for another week while OU and it, a uh, and AM were Titanicking. Yes, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, like, again, man, Notre Dame did nothing to hurt themselves. Oklahoma and Texas AM did this past week, right? So it helps Notre Dame a little bit. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. All right, sure. I'm going to kick this one. Actually, let's tackle this one together. 99 problems said Ryan and Sean. Any updates on 2024 safety and cornerback recruiting? Peyton Woodyard, Caleb Beasley, Emilio Agard, Mike Matthews, Ricardo Jones. There are so many other targets too. How are how are things shaping up? So right now, I mean, let's just roll through a couple of those guys, Sean. Peyton Woodyard, I think Notre Dame's still in a really good spot, right? That, that one's gonna it's gonna go a little bit longer though, right? Like that one's gonna be a next spring summer type of decision. Obviously, Kyle Hamill's cousin which helps. He's been Notre Dame multiple times, comes from a great program, obviously in St. John Bosco. So I think they're still in a really good position for Peyton Woodyard. Caleb Beasley, things have been trending well since uh, since the Irish invasion. He's mm-hmm. got a lot of buddies in the class already with uh, Cam Williams, for instance. So, you know, they just have to keep pushing for him. I think it's in a solid spot. Amelia Edgar's an interesting one. I think they have some leeway in that conversation. They got him on campus this past summer, which is nice. But that one's just one that, like, there's a lot of teams coming after him right now. Mike Matthews, no huge update as long as as, as long with Ricardo Jones, uh, Sean. I think they're kind of in the same boat, right? Like you're gonna have yeah. to keep plugging away and pushing forward. But I think they're in a couple good spots with a couple of those guys, which is good. So, Spot right, on. yep. Real quick on this, Rob Osgood asked any updates on who the coaches saw last week. So, Sean, I know we saw on Twitter and just kind of personal conversations, right? We know that Marcus Freeman was there to see the Bowens in their game. Yeah, Chancey Stucky went out. Yep, yep. Chancey Stucky went out to Stony Point. He also went out to Folsom to see Rico, which was good to see. Um, I saw a couple more, but the names are escaping me at the moment. But yeah, Rob, they were they were active and out there. I know I know a couple coaches were down in Virginia also to see help Brandon Hillman that just got offered, obviously as well. Right. So. They were active, man. They were out there. We're not Marshall. Ryan, you driving up to Syracuse for that game to rep IB Nation. Yes, sir. I will be in Syracuse for the Notre Dame-Syracuse game away. All right. A couple more left. Ryan and Sean, get get your resumes updated. A lot of places (laughs) looking for coaches. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, Sean, you you can leave Wisconsin, can't you? Nebraska. You're a big Nebraska guy, right? <laughs> oh, how much would Nebraska have to pay you per year to coach Nebraska? Am I doing it remotely? No, nah, you have to live in Nebraska. Oh, I don't think they're I don't think they can write that check. <laughs> That's awesome. That's no. Great. No, I don't think they can write that check, my friend. Oh, that's too funny, man. That's too funny. We got Kendrick Heath. Thank you for this. Thank you for the question. Recruiting question: Do we still have a shot at Mylon Graham? Is it pretty much a do- or is it pretty much a done deal for Ohio State? I would say this, Kendrick. 
I think Ohio State is definitely the leader. Like, there's no mm-hmm. doubt. But I, I mean, I think Notre Dame could get back into it. It's you know, he's an in-state product. There's there's some good things trending, but like, yeah, I think Ohio State's the leader right now for sure. But they would have to flip the script a little bit as as far as momentum right now. Mm-hmm. And then he also asked Sean. This is an interesting question. If Carr reclassifies from Kendrick again, where would you guys rank him with the other 2023 quarterbacks? So how high would you have him, Sean? Do you think top five in the 2023 class? It's a really talented class, man. Like I, he's, he's, he's really, he, he really is. He really is. And, and I saw someone in the chat talking about he doesn't play anyone and, you know, other publications aren't impressed with him from seeing him up close and personal. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're looking at. Like his pedigree of playing next to Dante Moore, competing mm-hmm. with Dante Moore, you know, constantly chasing after Dante Moore, and just knowing his mechanics, strength of his arm, competition doesn't matter. Heck, Josh Burnham didn't play. Burnham didn't play against the best of competition in Michigan as well, but he's a darn good athlete. Yeah, he's at Notre Dame. So when you start, I tell people all the time, man. When you start talking about that competition stuff and who people play, you miss out. Yep. Same thing was said about uh, Tayshawn Lyons. Who was he playing against? And all of a sudden, is once again, Notre Dame jumps on him. And then all of a sudden now, everybody else wants to jump on him. And now he's a four-star, top 150 kid. It's like... I don't want to care. Competition doesn't mean anything, dude. Either you're better or you're dominating. He's doing what he's supposed to do. If you're better, dominate. And he's dominating. Doesn't matter who you're playing. And I'm 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 recruiting the talent, man. Like I'm recruiting a player because of what he can do for me, not because of what he's doing against other players around him. Like you know what I mean? Like it's about how he projects. It's not about what he is right now. Even like there's it's it's, it's a the same time, Jordan Lynch, I think, is the winningest quarterback in Mont Carmel history in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I watched Jordan Lynch in his career, and I watched Donovan McNabb in his career. They mm-hmm. both threw the same amount of pa- passes because that offense under Frank Lynchy was strictly option, power yes. run. They threw the ball 12 to 15 times a game. What I saw in Donovan McNabb's 15 throws compared to what I saw in Jordan Lynch's 15 throws is totally different. A little different? Yes, sir. A little different. (laughs) A little different. And I think everybody knew. Everybody knew, like, that kid is different. Yep. Same 15 passes every game. He's different. It doesn't matter. But competition, system, uh, if you are that, you are it, and you have you're it, it, you have yeah. it. So I don't 100%. know what you're trying to – what people are looking for to be impressed. I don't know. You can say the same. Arch Manning doesn't play the best competition. Sure doesn't. At all. Some people think his stats are empty calories. Somehow, some way, he's the number one quarterback in the class. I mean – Some famous recruiting analysts have said that uh, Arch Manning would be a three-star or a two-star. Yeah. If, uh, if not for his name. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that another day, though. I want yeah. to pull up this super chat as we hit the last question after this. Ed three or ED threes. Thank you for the super chat. Appreciate it, Ed. Thank you. Ed. Great show, fellas. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your supports more than anything. And then, Sean, last question. This one's going to be for you. 
Sean, best sandwich shop in Chi-Town, and why is it Alan Joe's? Best sandwich shop? That goes a lot of ways, right? Because, I mean, yeah, you know, Taurus Flavors on the south side has the best sweet steak sandwich. I don't know if you ever had a sweet steak sandwich, Ryan. Yeah, it's a totally different thing than the Philly steak. Sounds weird. Sounds weird. Explain what this is to me. I don't know what this is. It's a sweet steak sandwich. It is uh, steak kind of marinated in like a sweet mild type sauce. Then you throw like the peppers on there with the cheese and everything. It's just a twist. So, so it turns place. into a sweet and spicy type of thing? Is that what Yeah, it's, it's like a Chicago okay. Southside thing. Taurus Flavors is famous for it. You know, that's a great sandwich shop. They also do, you know, other sandwiches as well. If you're just talking Italian beef, mm-hmm. then, you know, you can go to Al's or you can go to Joe's, but there are so many options in the Chicago area. That's why... It's like sandwich shop. It's like, what are you? Are you talking about Italian beef? Are you talking deli? You know, because that can go a lot of different ways in a city as big as Chicago. But Al and Joe's are both great, great options. You can't miss with either one of those. If it was Italian beef, I definitely go Al's. Love it. All right. Well, I I, uh, I feel like I'm taking notes every time we're together, Sean, for places that I need to catch when I when I go yeah. out and eat. Man, I love it. I love it. So. uh yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it, folks, for this mailbag for today. Again, this is the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Make sure before you go, if you could like this podcast, share it, subscribe. Seriously, though, hit the like button right now. Hit it right now. Don't even look around. Hit the like button right now. If you're listening to us on a podcast, whatever platform you're using, five-star reviews are very much appreciated. I am Ryan Roberts, Director of Recruiting here, joined by Mr. Sean Davis. Thank you all again. We appreciate you. We will see you again next week for the next recruiting hour, but you also see me tomorrow with Mr. Brian Driscoll as we start to break down a little bit of what Notre Dame and BYU's matchup looks like for this week. You can also check out IB Nation Sports Talk tonight at 6 o'clock Eastern time. Make sure to check that out. I know Sean Styers was at the press conference today for Marcus Freeman, so I'm sure they'll be talking a lot about everything happening around the Notre Dame program from Ryan, from Sean, Thank you all so much for joining the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.